All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, crouched in a stance that lets me know he is constantly ready for battle. Brandon Newman. What's going on, Brandon? I'm in my Patrick Beverly stance. Mike, I'm ready to win the West Conference Finals. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in this game. I'm, I'm back in the mix. We, you know, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I'll just let you know I'm ready today. I am ready. Man, there is a Lakers fan, Brandon Newman, who for the crowd watching on YouTube, and as we get started for another show here, we thank everyone, as always, for popping in. We got an awesome one today. We are excited to talk to our friend Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, one of the fine members, and as we will talk about, the founding fathers of the DraftKings Podcast Network, Amen. as well as a former NFL offensive lineman. Uh, Ross is going to be in here to help us with the NFC East. He's also the analyst in the preseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's down in Miami right now getting ready for their game this weekend. But um, you can also see that interview, as long with the rest of our podcast, on YouTube. You can go to the DraftKings YouTube page, check out the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist, and see our smiling faces, which today will include Brandon Newman with a Lakers jersey hanging in the background and a Lakers hat ready to go. You're that jacked up for Pat Beverly signing with the Lakers, huh? Yeah, I, I've so here's what's going on, and I we're here to talk football. So let's get this really quick out the way until we get part two of the episode. Make sure to like, subscribe, all the things that Mike Gold Jr. always says to do with this podcast. Here's the thing, Mike. I've decided to stop acting as if like 
I know what's the best for the Lakers because I don't. LeBron doesn't even know what's best for the Lakers. Rob Palenka doesn't know. Jeannie Buss doesn't know what's best for the Lakers. So we need to start just embracing whatever the thing is. And whatever the thing is, is old, big name, still cares about playing. So as long as we continue to add these calculated pieces of someone who is above 30, uh, a bigger name because they're above 30, because they've been in the league for a long time, and cares about playing until the extent till they are pissed off. Uh, listen, all I know is, I know I said a bunch of bullshit. I like this move because yes. Patrick Beverly knows that LeBron James needs a leader on his team. And Patrick Beverly is uh, delusional enough to act like he can tell LeBron James what to do. And I think that is perfect for LeBron James, especially on this team, especially with Anthony Davis. We need somebody who's going to look up at those giants and say, Y'all are fucking up. I think the best part about this is that it's another example. Publicly try and manifest your dreams. Because remember when Pat Bev was doing the car wash at ESPN and he went on first take with J.J. Redick, yep. he said, if, the, if I'm a free agent and the Lakers sign me, Western Conference Finals. Yep. Signed, sealed, delivered. He said the same thing so to So he went and AI. spoke it into existence. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. On first take on ESPN Plus in two years when that's a reality. So it, it's manifesting in its highest form, Brandon, which is going to be very exciting. I also appreciate that this comes like a day after. Someone tweeted about, I think it might have been uh, Cuffs, that guy that LeBron James is reportedly friends with and oh, just randomly yes. tweets out He's NBA stuff on Twitter. He tweeted something about Russell Westbrook slander crossing the line, and LeBron James tweeted something to the extent of, how Russ's season this year would silence the doubters. I remember the shush face in there. So it's not too far off from the tweet LeBron sent out when everyone was making fun of his team for being old and talked about how good they'd be. No. And then that famously wasn't the case. No, 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 Mike. He was saying that this season from Russ will silence the doubters, what he did not say in the, to the Some, Some Dude podcast guy was that – Russell Westbrook will be playing his season somewhere else this year. He did. He did. The, so the tweet, tweet verbatim was, can't wait for him to go off this season with the shush emoji. Okay. That so you're right. Nice. That, does, yes. that does not mean he has to do this as a Los Angeles Laker. Very good to keep that in mind. Everyone open your third eye when it comes to this stuff. That's <laughs> what we're dealing with. And that's at this point where Brandon, as a Lakers fan, has had to resign himself to find happiness. But Ugh. – Brandon, elsewhere uh, with Los Angeles-based teams, man, that's at least a happier subject because uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Bengals got into this freaking thing, man. So the Bengals and the Rams were enjoying a joint practice before the final preseason game, a rematch of the Super Bowl from this past year that the Rams won. And during the course of this training camp, um, and we've seen these joint practices have become super popular. The Patriots and Bill Belichick used to basically have the monopoly on them. And then everyone else is like, oh, we should do this too. So now they're a pretty regular part of practice. We saw the hard knocks with the Colts and the Lions practicing this past week. Yep. So on t Wednesday or on Thursday, excuse me, multiple fights broke out during practice with Bengals offensive lineman Lel Collins and Rams linebacker Leonard Floyd reportedly at the center of two of the bigger ones. At one point, Collins reportedly threw Floyd's helmet at Floyd, leading to masses of both players throwing punches. 
and then pushing and shoving, Collins and Floyd went at it again during the second major fight. And Brandon, one of the fights that made its way to the internet, um, World Star would be very proud of the effort involved of getting that up. Amen. Had Aaron Donald at the center of it, dual wielding two uh, Bengals helmets, swinging them wildly at players from the other team as he eventually got tossed back and actually fell down about as awkwardly as you'll ever see Aaron Donald fall down in any sort of combative setting. True. But at Brandon, all, it's it's in yeah period at all. But it's interesting now, Brandon, what happens because there were a lot of people that looked at this and said, "All right, star defensive player." taking a helmet off someone and swinging it at them. We've seen that before. His name was Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, the quarterback was Mason Rudolph, and the rest was a six-game suspension that basically ended Miles Garrett's season that year. And it's worth noting Tom Pelissaro from the NFL Network reported that during training camp and during joint practices, the teams are in charge of discipline and disciplining the players involved. Usually the NFL is hands-off in this format for Reasons I don't fully understand, because it is still the NFL, there are still cameras present, clearly, as there was in this case, and while Brandon in the past, and Tom Pelissaro indicated he thinks that'll make it complicated and difficult for the NFL to actually punish here, I think the presence of the video and that getting out is something we can't fully discount from this. I wouldn't, let's put it this way. I don't know what the right punishment is here because we can go back in the past and look at reports. I think in 2014, Kyle Long had a similar instance where he was thrown out of Bears practice for using his helmet as a weapon as a weapon off of his head or off of another player's head during the course of practice. And he was thrown out of practice, but I don't remember reading about any other discipline from back then. So you can argue precedent on both sides. I would not be shocked, and I wouldn't have a problem if the NFL did pop him for a couple of games based on the fact that really why they did that with Miles Garrett was it was visible in front of a national television audience. And while this isn't the same, it's still visible to an audience who wants to find it. And I'm sure that video has made its rounds to most everywhere at this point. And so now you've got to contend with that because as much as people want to say, and I saw people make the argument, Brandon, that this is a warrior sport where people are already striking each other with helmets on every play and striking each other with their bodies every play. Like, we all kind of know where the lines are. Even in a combat sport, you understand that taking someone's helmet off and trying to beat them with it isn't exactly the way we were all brought up to do this thing. So I can understand there's a line to all this. And even in this kind of sport, when that gets crossed... And there's people around to see it because the NFL does most things for image. You can see why there might be consequences like that. Yes, but I do think image uh, image is tied to results, right? And the results of this is no one got hurt. No one got hurt. Multiple fights all over the field. The one big one that had Aaron Donald looking like uh, Jon Snow with two swords in his hand with except there were Bengals uh, helmets. No one got hurt, Mike. So I don't really see why he should get punished from this. Uh, I think that this isn't a, a, a result of these two teams having some bad blood, rightfully so. But I, to compare it to the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph thing, like I don't even want to. I don't. I don't think it compares at all because it was a. It was some. This was a melee in a group gang fight, if you will, and we saw no one individually get knocked. That Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, was a targeted attack. The main guy, Miles Garrett, went and got after his assailant, who allegedly said the N-word to him, which is why he threw his, uh, tried to swing his helmet at his head and 
connected. Um, so I, I do think that this is a little different. And I also think that Aaron Donald is like a, uh, a uh, what is that thing's called? When you, you have the immunity, right? When you're a diplomat, he's a diplomatic immunity. I think Aaron Donald has diplomatic immunity at these joint practices and even taking two helmets off his weapons and banging them and make little clips beat like banging helmets on helmets. Uh, I don't even think that's going to get him in trouble. So I, I would like for this to just go away, which I think it probably will. And I think everyone else is being quite alarmist because it's, it's, it, not, it's, not, it's it not about it's not will, about but you can't. Wait, Brandon, it's not you can't act like it's okay. It's not okay. How is it not? What do you mean? How is it? Yes, it is like, okay. It's not okay. Like, it's, how, Brandon, how is, it's not okay for someone to take helmets off and swing them at other people. Like, no no version of football ever played has condoned that. If he's swinging at other... It, I, okay, he's. Not, I would agree if the person he's swinging at doesn't have a helmet on. I saw The only person I saw in that melee who didn't have a helmet Brandon, on was, even, his, best, even was then his BFF, Sean, that, Sean McVay. Even, even then, in a fight that's dirty poker in the NFL, like... It, it, Again, in football, this is, this we understand practice. it's a violent collision sport. I know it's practice, but never. How many times in the history of our time at Notre Dame did someone take their helmet off, beat another person in practice, and then everyone looked at it like it was okay? It never happened. Zero times, because I can only remember one instance practices? where someone's. I can only remember one time when it happened, and it was in the locker room when someone was swinging a helmet around at someone else. So, oh yes, I uh, oh yes. yeah, that did that that did, that did happen. <laughs> I won't air out who did it, but someone did use a helmet and tried to use it as a weapon in the locker room. They failed to use it very well and as a weapon mad. in the locker room. <laughs> but it, yeah, but they but they were mad. Like the point is, Brandon. Like, there's no excusing that behavior. Like, I understand folks getting fights all the time in camp. We like. No stranger to a training camp fight, and to be right. the one running toward it is what you're supposed to do when you're in all this. But taking the helmet off and trying to beat people with it, it just it, it's not cool. It doesn't make you tough. It doesn't make things good. Aaron Donald is a tough enough, intimidating enough dude to where I'm sure he can throw bows the normal way and be just fine. But he got pissed off and lost his cool in this moment and opened himself up to whatever comes next. What do you mean by you can't? What's the parent thing you said? You you can't you can't let this go without being punished. What'd you say? I didn't say that. I said he opened himself up to whatever happens by doing this because it's out of the normal realm of what's the accept. I understand, like oh, no, trying you say, to you put you limits you on the violence. <laughs> You can't accept this, or you can't like let this go unchecked. You said something about like you can't, like uh, yes, you. Well, can. I'm saying it's not acceptable behavior. Like it's not. Oh yeah, that's some, it's not acceptable like, behavior. That's hilarious. It's not acceptable behavior. Yeah, I, he's and he's gonna get. He's gonna so, get. Uh, all right, so Brandon, tisk, so Brandon, if you're if you're out, Brandon, if you're out coaching your son Carter at football later on, he takes off his helmet and attempts to beat another kid at practice. You're gonna just sit him down in the car and be like, "We'll get him tomorrow, bud." If he is a professional athlete making millions of dollars and should have won the MVP for the Super Bowl, I think it's a different conversation. And that's the that's the boat that Aaron Donald is in. If this was at Pitt, that's a different conversation, Mike. It's a different conversation. These are professionals, and no one was hurt. Can't Brandon, you can't this. just result yes, this away. He is a professional, this. which is all the more reason he shouldn't be doing this. And he is one of the most high-profile players in the league, which I think is going to potentially work against him in this spot. Again, I don't want the guy to get suspended. Like, man, I want to see the best defensive player in football on the field. But 
I'm curious what the NFLPA's role in this is also going to be. Because if you're the NFLPA, you're in charge of making sure and make and accounting for the wellness of all players involved. And if you've got a star player who's going out here trying to do this to other players, then I wonder what their role in any of this conversation is. It's probably going to be nothing, Brandon, but it just is something that crossed my mind. It's like, what do you do if you're the NFLPA when this happens? I get training camp fights happen, but this one clearly crossed a line. Okay, yeah. No, fights cross the line all the time, but that's my point. If, if nothing is going to end up happening, then the thing was nothing. And I think you're right. Nothing will happen. And vis-a-vis, the thing was nothing. We're not going to be sitting on Brandon, week eight just talking because about, something is when, not you remember punished Aaron Donald, doesn't Aaron believe Donald? means nothing happened. Just because something was not punished doesn't mean nothing wrong happened. Tell, tell that tell that to the general public that follows the NFL. Cuz I don't think I don't think that everyone make it agrees right, with that. Brandon. <sighs> okay, Brandon. So, anyway, what we're going to deal with here is a little bit of uncertainty around what happens next because this is sort of a gray area in the rules, but it got wild in a hurry there. I will say this. If I was a guy who was on the back end of the roster and wasn't sure if I was going to make the team, I'd have stepped in there and seen if my hand could get broken just accidentally. Ooh. Like, oh, just put it in the way, and then now all of a sudden, oh. Hey. Yeah, it looks like I got to go on IR. And that's a different story because somebody got injured. Like, that, yeah, that would change the whole narrative. If one person gets injured, the whole I, narrative gets shifted. One. I know you can move on past this, but I I really don't know why you're so perturbed with my take on this. I'm so this is the thing is, and I want to make this clear because my reaction has been to you much more than it's been to what actually happened. Like I hope people listening to this as they hear this understand that I look at this and I get football is a wild ass sport. We played O and D line, so I have seen and been a part of plenty of fights in practice. I get that that's a part of it, man. It's just, it's the cost of doing business. And with these two teams who saw each other in the Super Bowl, and Lel Collins coming as the new guy who I'm sure is trying to let everyone know you're not going to try the Bengals O-line this year. This year isn't last year. I can I can see where everything bubbled up. And it's the end of training camp. Like, everyone's pissed off at the end of training camp. It sucks. Right. Nothing about that is a good time towards the end. And everyone just wants to get out of this and get to the regular season. I get how all of this could have blown over. But it's just like anything else. It's just like when we talk about cut blocking versus diving at someone's knees. I cut blocked on a lot of plays. I know that there's a difference between cut blocking someone from the front inside the box and in the open field diving at the back of some guy's knees with the intent to injure him. One of those is inbounds. One of those is out of bounds based on the sport that we have been taught and the way we know to play it, which is valuing the health of the individual across there. Because the one thing you'll hear all the time is, hey, we're all in the brotherhood. These guys in the NFL are all part of the brotherhood and everyone makes their living and everyone feeds their family off their ability to keep their body on the field and playing at a high level that's the reality of this league and that's why you hear guys talk so seriously about stuff that goes on even as a league tries to correct and take care of head injuries about lower body injuries about these other things that affect guys ability to provide for their families all i'm saying is thankfully that wasn't the result here but when you take off the helmet and use it as a weapon and in theory there are guys out there once you've got them without helmets on you put someone's ability to provide for their family in jeopardy. And I don't think that's hyperbole, that's reality. 
Like, that's what these helmets are, or weapons even when they're on guys, let alone when you take them off. So I get that nothing happened, but on principle, it's outside of the realm of what we'd normally see, even in a fight, and it could have potentially... Like, I just talked about it jokingly about, you know, being a guy like me that was just trying to hang on to the back of the bus, but, like, if you had someone in there who all of a sudden, in the middle of what was a legit scrum, there was bodies all over the place in there, catches a stray off one of those helmets, and you get a starter that does break a hand two weeks before the regular season starts. Now, all of a sudden, it's a different story, and all I'm saying is, as incredibly precise as Aaron Donald is in so many aspects of his life, what I saw in that video was not someone who was in full control of what they were doing. He was pissed off and in a fight like everybody else out there. And so all I'm saying is I would understand if there was some punishment for this because it was well outside of what we normally expect, even in a sport where there's a shit ton of violence. I, I hear you there. And I'm glad you said what you said because where I'm coming from, you helped me illuminate my take is coming from. It's the Bill Belichick never makes a mistake theory, right? In my mind, Aaron Donald is so in control of what he's doing and when he's doing it, even, even in this instance, in this joint practice, to know that, one, there, there's, not going to be any rep, uh, there's not going to be any punishment that comes from the things that he does at that moment, point in time. And two, if I'm hearing about multiple fights from a practice, a joint practice near the end of preseason in the NFL, all I'm hearing is a bunch of grown-ass men that don't want to practice. Because that's one thing we always know, Mike. Once a oh, fight starts, that means yes. that period clock is still running. And guess what? We're we getting out of some shit today. We can deal with the yelling from the coaches and we lost the time. And we didn't get better today, all that bullshit. Guess what? We got out of that 15 minutes that we were supposed to be doing 9 on 7. I understand that. And I've seen, listen, plenty of vets who decided at the end, even in college, who decided at the end of like a period of one-on-ones, kind of made eye contact before the play and were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to get some stuff going here and we're going to make sure that we get out of this period because everyone's gassed. And they did cancel pre- the rest of practice after like the second fight on this. But again, that can be done without the helmets coming off and being used as weapons. Like again, I, that's just not something I'm going to a- explain away and say that's the cost of doing business. You're talking about a guy who uh, works out with fake knives. Like, I think he's about the theatrics. I think he's about the the Hollywood, the glitz. Like, he knows how to make it look bad, and he made it look bad. And also knows how to keep people safe because no one got hurt. Brandon, again, we're just going to flat out disagree on that because I think you're giving him a level of a like a level of dexterity that just did not exist in this particular situation. So okay. we're at an impasse there. We're not we're not going to get anywhere with that conversation. And so instead, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk to our friend Ross Tucker about the NFC East. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. 
Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. All right, this next guest is long overdue here. One of our teammates here at DraftKings and a guy that I've actually known for a large portion of my adult life in a couple of different ways here. Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You guys can now catch him hosting the Ross Tucker podcast that is a part of the DraftKings family. And Ross, in addition to, we'll get to your work with the Eagles as the preseason uh, analyst voice for that franchise, you're like one of the DraftKings OGs, so I feel like we have to finally come and pay respect to what you've paved the way for with us. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, you know what's funny? They told me, and I, I love being on the show, and let me just say this first. It's great to meet you, Brandon. Thank I'm you. a huge Gojo guy. Ooh. Huge Gojo guy yes. for three reasons. I'll, I'll tell you why. And um, I'm not talking about the show, Brandon. I'm talking about Mike Golick Jr. Sorry, okay. buddy. Hey, no, no, um, no. Hey, that's even better. That's even better. That'll no, last longer I than this will. I love the show. Although, you know what? I'm actually a big fan of your Twitter handle, which I know is you, Brandon, and not Mike. So I'm, I'm giving you all the love for that. Um, so, all right. So, so here's three reasons why I'm a big fan of Mike Golick Jr., okay? Number one... When I first met him, he was like going to be a he was a redshirt freshman. Is that no? Was that going into your freshman or your sophomore year? That was going to be my yeah my my second year there. So I was technically a redshirt freshman that season. Yeah, and and I'm just going to say this, and I hope you take this the right way. Out of the guys that were there that day, you you were the least physically impressive. Oh yeah, you were the you were the least physically impressive of the guys that were there that day. And I remember thinking, man, I don't. He, he doesn't look like a starting lineman, uh, you know, at, at the FBS level to me. And I don't know, maybe it helped that his dad went here, and that's part of how he got a scholarship. Well, you went on to start for a team that went to the national championship game. You got multiple opportunities in the NFL. I'm a huge fan of people that maximize their football ability, right? And you didn't have a 10-year career or whatever like your dad. You can rest your head on your pillow every night knowing that you became the very best you could possibly be at your favorite thing in the world to do. And that's very important to me, right? So I hate people that don't reach their potential. Look, I'm like, my eyes are filling up. I hate people that don't reach their potential and I love the fact, dude, I don't know how you ended up getting 300 pounds on that frame because you were not like a naturally, no. you were not like a naturally thick, big dude. Like, so anyway, I just love the fact that you freaking battled and I could just tell one time, Brandon, my, my coach in, in the NFL, one of my coaches, Frank Verducci, had me come to Notre Dame and worked with the Notre Dame guys. By the way, Zach Martin was there, yeah. so I taught him everything he knows. I don't know why I don't get enough credit for this. <laughs> Clearly, I'm the reason why Zach Martin's going to the Hall of Fame. But anyway, um, but I remember, like, Golik asked, so, Mike asked so many questions, 
and was like so into the, 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 the techniques and what I, what I was teaching and what I was showing them. And I never forgot that, never forgot that in any way. And I remember meeting your mom and she told me that like, you know, that you were a fan and that that, that had a big impact on you that day. I don't even remember what I said. Oh, but, no, um, I, Ross, Ross, this is no joke. I remember you talked about going into every season. You would go through every possible combination of steps for all the different blocks and pass sets yeah. that you were going to do over the course of the year. And I was doing that well into when I was in my last training camp with the Saints. I was still going out in between sessions there or after practices there and going through every possible combination of steps that I could see based on the plays that we were going to run. So that absolutely became a part of my process after your visit that day yeah so before before a game if I was like the backup swing guy I would envision every, every play we had and I would like do it like I would get in my stance and I would do it which is why I was so much nicer when I was starting <laughs> at center or right guard and I could just do the positions at center or right guard so that's number one number two is that I'm a big fan of your approach on the air. Like, I, I just think you're really good. I, I would listen to you with Candy on the radio. I would listen to you when you did that 4 to 6 a.m. show because I'm a psychopath that my show was at 6. So I would listen to you on all this stuff. And you're a grinder and you're very good on the air. But also, like, you know, you acknowledge, you know, what your dad accomplished it, it's like, it's not the elephant in the room. You're open to it, but you don't get all these other things you've gotten because of that, right? Like, there's a lot of people that had dads that are in the media that aren't like you because they're not talented like you. Like, you have references on Twitter and stuff. Like, you're way smarter than I am. I don't even know. You must read books and stuff. And you have references <laughs> that I've never thought about. And you're a grinder. So anyway, those are the three reasons why I'm a big fan of of Golick Jr. Why I'm happy to come on the show. And yes, here by the way, this is what I do. If you like I promise I'm not like this on my show, but when I go on other people's shows, they ask me one question and we're like 6 <laughs> minutes in. No wonder people have me on their show all the time. They're like, "Oh man, I got I got I, I I was out last night. I got hammered. I got no voice. Let's get Ross as a guest." Okay, cool. I'll just say two questions. It'll be 40 <laughs> minutes and then we'll just move on. Ross, so, it's my so, absolute favorite kind of guest we had marty smith on one morning i was filling in on his radio show on the weekend that he does with ryan uh, ryan mcgee marty and mcgee and we had marty on his own show that he wasn't on that day to talk about an article and a book that he had written and no joke ross he gave a nine minute answer and you know a quarter hour of a radio segment is basically nine minutes of time he gave a nine minute answer in which he redirected himself with a question in the middle of it <laughs> to get to the next point that he wanted to make so it's an art form my friend you should be commended for being able to just go like that all right so i got i gotta tell you the DraftKings story though okay yeah because this actually goes back like on some level, this goes back to ESPN. All right, so I I hurt my neck against the Ravens in 2007. Herniated disc in my neck, bruised my spinal cord. I said to the doctor, who's a Notre Dame guy, by the way, um, Doctor Robert Schuler is a Notre Dame guy, neck and spine surgeon in Northern Virginia, rest in Virginia. And I was like, Doc, what do you think? He's like. I think you're 28 and you went to Princeton and you should get a real job. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I was like, fair enough, fair enough. I'm like, but just out of curiosity, like if I if I wanted to keep trying to play, 
And he gave me like three different surgery options. And when the doctor's like, well, we could do this or we could try this. I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with the first thing you say, which is 28, went to Princeton, get a real job. That sounded better than like the roulette wheel of neck fusion surgeries. Okay. So anyway, I get in the media. I'm writing for Sports Illustrated. ESPN hires me away to write for them. Like 10 times I was getting paid at Sports Illustrated. I was like, sweet. And ESPN said, Ross, like 2009 maybe, will you host our Football Today podcast? And I said, absolutely. I would love to. Literally no idea what a podcast was. I had no idea what a podcast was. This is 2009. (laughs) But I knew they were going to pay me like decent money to do their podcast. I was like, so they had me get on with a podcast producer. His name's Pod Vader, Jay Soderberg. I'm like, what's a podcast? He's like, you just talk about whatever for 30 minutes, and then we post it online. I'm like, so I'm just talking about football. For th-. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. So did that for three years, and um, we grew the audience. It was awesome. We were getting big numbers. They were starting to get advertisers. And then like the ad agencies were telling me, you're our second best spend after Colin Coward. Like whatever you know, whatever they were spending to be on the podcast, and then the, and then the return on investment they were getting, we were second in in media behind Colin Coward because you know why? It was like the only podcast around back then, right? And and as you know, people have a, a closer connection with podcasts than they do with the radio or whatever. So that third year, I was like, man. My contract negotiations are going to be amazing. We're getting all these advertisers, blah, blah, blah. Well, then I find out that um, I was doing television for Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports Network all the time. So I kind of found out that they weren't going to renew me, right? So I started the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I called the ad agencies and some of the advertisers, and I was like, listen, I got I got introductory pricing, bro. I know what you're paying at ESPN. How about I? How about I get you? I'll get you in. I was like, a, I was wow. like a used car salesman. I'll yep. get you in right now, okay? At this introductory <laughs> rate. So and and everybody said yes. Everybody said yes. So I had like a very profitable podcast before my first episode of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Did that for a year, and the next year, everybody was doing all my buddies talking fantasy football. So I started a fantasy show called The Fantasy Feast. The next year, some of my buddies were talking way too much about gambling. So praise Jesus that I started a betting show in like 2015. And so I I had a network and I had this stuff. And to get it back to DraftKings, they have told me that they advertised on my show in 2014. I don't have confirmation that I'm the first show they ever advertised on. But I'm definitely, that was the first year of DraftKings. Like, that was the first year DraftKings advertised on podcasts. So I might be the first podcast ad they ever placed. And I did that for six years. And now I'm a year and a half to, uh, a year and a half into to being a part of the, the DraftKings family. And now we have Gojo and your dad and uh, Carabas and Lebetard. And we're building a pretty, pretty awesome, pretty awesome family and network now. It's incredible. It Clark really is the Godfather. And the Sacagawea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he is What'd you every say, pioneer. Brandon? 
I said you are the Lewis and Clark and the Sacagawea of podcasting. <laughs> he is. He's every pioneer all at once for the DraftKings podcast world. So listen, a thank you from us to you then, Ross, for letting us come and be a part of this family that you helped build because it's been great so far. Absolutely. And like you did back then when you came to Notre Dame, you are showing us the way and having no idea the effect it has. So it continues. Yeah, to you work. know what though? I see what you guys are doing. Um, your show is like you guys are younger. You're cooler than me. You talk <laughs> about like pop culture. See, let me get neither one of you got Brandon. Brandon, are you married with kids or anything? I am. I've two. I've. Uh, I. I'm the old person on the podcast officially okay, because okay. of that. Because because I see like Golick like be like oh so this show does rock bro like this show is awesome or he'll be like if i was the bachelorette i'd st- i'd be like that is a guy that does not have kids right there yes. that is a guy that does not have kids and has yep. time to either watch live which i gotta tell you guys my whole i never watch tv unless it's live sports which i love because like somebody will bring up somebody will bring up like you know i'll be around like my buddies they'll be like oh do you see uh the show on Netflix, like the Manti Teo thing or whatever, which evidently I'm in, but I haven't seen yet. And and I and I always I, I this is how I say it too. I'm like, no, um, I really I really don't watch much television. Uh, to be honest with you, I just I just don't. Find it. I love acting like an uppity prick and being like you, you, you say like you say like you say television with like an extra syllable and disdain. Yeah, I I don't find myself partaking in much television actually. Uh, meanwhile, an incredibly it's not like Princeton I'm, answer to that question. By the way, like yeah, that's what people would expect from the Princeton guy. Yeah, but it, meanwhile, I don't, I don't. It's not like I'm reading books or anything. You know what I do is like I put my kids to bed, I go swim, and then I talk to my wife. I look at my phone. I go to bed at nine. You know what I mean, like I'm not like, I'm not reading books. I'm not, I'm not doing anything worldly. I can assure you. I just by the time my wife and I look at each other at nine thirty, and we decide if we want to catch up on Ozark or not because we still have like six episodes left. I'm like. Maybe tomorrow night. <laughs> and we go to bed. <laughs> well, Ross, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, and Brandon, too. Like, every time I talk to my other friends that have kids, because I'm one of the very few in our group of friends from college that doesn't have a family and kids right now, and when I ask them about shows, they can tell me about all the ones that are on Nick Jr. They can tell me about all the movies that are animated Disney Pixar movies. They're up to game on all of those. It's some of the other ones that fall through the cracks. Brandon, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're getting a master's in, like, Bluey and the Marvel Kids versions of those shows. <laughs> yeah, you know, a spirit. Uh, uh, can't forget Coco Melon out there. But I will say though, Ross, one thing about Gojo, he has the time, but he's filling it with reading those books and watching those games and reading those articles and following up and getting uh, actual uh, insights from coaches around the league. So he's still very busy. He's just not busy with the whole yeah. raising a human thing. It's, it's a different busy too, Ross. I've learned that watching my brother raising his seven-week-old baby right now. It's a different level of busy than. I even knew was possible. You, you know what, though, dude? I'm glad that as you went on your own and you started this new venture, I'm glad you don't have kids yet for this part of it because you're able to throw yourself into getting this thing going. And because you guys know, because people talk to me about podcasts all the time, like building an audience is hard, man. Really hard. Like these people. Now, obviously, you already had an audience from the radio, and you guys are doing a great job building an audience. People love the show, but 
Like if quote unquote Ross Tucker, right, tried to start a show now, I think it would be very, very difficult. Um, you know, I had like, let me go back to my econ one. I, I had first mover advantage, right? Okay. Mm. I had first mover advantage in the podcast space, like which it. helped tremendously. Um, Cause it's hard now. Like all these people think, Oh, just start a show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just start it. Good luck, buddy. Just start a show because everybody's just walking down the hallway being like, I have no idea what to listen to. If only <laughs> this guy would start a show. Like it is hard really hard, which is why I like having you on my show. I like to, um, you know, for someone I like, I, I have found the best way to grow the audience is to go on other big shows or have other people that have big shows come on yours. Because what's weird about podcasts is I don't know how this is the case. Radio is like a zero sum game because it's like, I can only have my radio on one dial at a time, right? If I'm, if, am I on, uh, go looking canny or am I on this or am I on that or whatever right whereas podcast it seems like people are like you know what like there will be at least hopefully five people that after this will be like you know what love Gojo that's my daily dose of Gojo Jr but you know what I might give Ross Tucker a shot it's only 30 minutes you know, it's football only. He doesn't talk about other sports like Gojo. Gojo knows the other sports. I don't follow the other sports that closely. He doesn't talk like, maybe I'll give him a shot. So like, I feel like podcast listeners, if they think you're worthy, right? If they deem, they give you a shot and they almost just like add it to their repertoire as opposed like, like no one's going to listen to this and be like, that guy was awesome. I'm never listening to Golik and Brandon again. I'm switching. It doesn't. It does. It's not like Coke and Pepsi. It's not. It's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We don't True. have to treat this like a gang rivalry amongst podcasts here. <laughs> we can all peacefully coexist, which is awesome. And you're right. It is super unique about this space, and it feels very earned that way, Brandon. It feels like you got to earn mm -hmm. people's ear time over this. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Oh, absolutely. But I just, I just wanted to say, starting a podcast, we can see and look around the industry and see it's pretty easy to start one. 
keeping one and having one sustained like you have done in, in multiple different areas and platforms, that's the hard part. And I think I, I, I would love to hear you speak to that because I'm, what, seven years into this industry and I've, this is my third podcast. So it, it, that, that proves that a lot of the ones that are successful, like yours, like all the ones that I'm not going to name for competition reasons, like they have longevity behind their backs. Yeah. So it's a great point, Brandon. Um, I think what you said about starting one isn't hard is actually one of the problems, right? Uh, I, dude, I feel like I'm finally using my degree on this show. There are low barriers to entry. This is amazing. I said first mover advantage and low barriers to entry. My Princeton's parents going to bring you back to give the uh, commencement speech next year. Ross. This is un- my, you, you have no idea. My people t- so so you go to the Ivy League, right? They don't have athletic scholarships. So I turned down multiple full rides to go to Princeton. My so my parents paid for it, okay? Because I thought. I, I legitimately thought I'm never going to make the NFL. If I can go to Princeton or Harvard because of football, I got to go, right? My parents now, people will say to them, oh, yeah, you're Ross Tucker's dad. He's the press box food video guy. He's the press box food. I love that guy. Tuck spreads. And my mom and dad are always like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All that money, all, all that schooling. It was supposedly the number one school in the country, and our son played football, banged his head into people for seven years, and now he's the press box food video guy, which is like how a lot of people know me, hashtag tuck spreads, by the way. Um, So uh, it is funny, but there's low barriers to entry is the point, Brandon. Um, So it is very difficult. I think I always tell people now, a couple things. One is make sure what you're doing is unique in some way and make sure that you begin with the end in mind in terms of who the advertisers are. Now, in fairness, I'm talking to people that don't have the social reach or the prior audience that Gojo did, right? I'm talking to people that like just want to start one. I'm like, well, it better be something either nobody's doing or... I would start with who's going to advertise on the show and then talk to them about the show and get them to advertise. Because people like just start a show and it's like six months later and they're like, what did I just do for six months? I have 800 people listening. I have no advertisers. Like, what What am I doing? Um, and I don't, I don't know, Brandon, if I have the secret sauce – um, or if I just got lucky because of the ESPN thing and just started before everybody else. Like, I don't know if I have um, wisdom. I think one of the things that you guys do that is fantastic is you're very consistent, right? You're every day, and it, what's like almost an hour show or it's around an hour show. I think, and, and you and you typically drop it at around the same time. I think that's very important. I've been doing it on my own for 10 years and I do at least three Raw Soccer Football Podcast episodes every week in the offseason and I'm daily during the 23 weeks of the NFL season. Then I've got the betting one, I've even money, the fantasy one, fantasy feast, and then the college one, the college draft. I have never missed an episode, right? Like I've never let them down. Um, so sometimes I got to like record an interview two weeks earlier and it's kind of more of an evergreen, but I've never let my audience down 
they know they can count on me and that I'm going to be a part of their life. Um, I also, and I don't know, look, a lot of the most popular podcasts are like really long, so I don't know. But I know for me, if I look at a podcast and it says an hour and 23 minutes, I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. You know, Um, so my mindset has always been, I think um, I am likely, I would never not listen to a podcast because it's too short, but I might not listen to it because it's too long is how I would describe it. So mine are all, I I shoot for 30 minutes because I read sometime that that was the average commute time and the average workout time. So I thought, okay, if that's average commute and average workout, that I'm going to go for it. Maybe it works out perfectly for you guys with an hour because they can listen to 30 minutes when they're commuting and 30 minutes when they're working out for you guys. And that probably counts as two downloads, you jerks. Yeah. So by soon you're going to have more <laughs> downloads than I do. Maybe, I, maybe I've been screwing this up the whole time. I need to be like an hour and five minutes because then I'll get three clicks and it'll count as three downloads. We're looking to get win the war against the algorithm any way we can, Ross. It is yep. it is all great advice, though. And seriously, I think for someone who has watched the podcast industry grow around them and being a part of that at the beginning, it's a fascinating perspective for us and certainly for anyone listening who might be thinking about getting into or working in the space. So I'd love to spend all of the 30 minutes of the commute talking about that, but you've got a whole other job that is very interesting to us as we have been doing division previews. You're the preseason voice for the Philadelphia Eagles. You've been doing that for a while now. I know you just signed an extension to keep doing that. So congratulations again on that news. But as you've gone through this camp, you're down in Miami right now as the Eagles have been doing joint practice against the Dolphins heading into their final preseason game. So Looking at the NFC East, and we can start through the lens of the Philadelphia Eagles this year, is is this as much of a two-team race as it looks like to those of us on the outside looking in between Philadelphia and Dallas at the top? Yeah, and real, and I, I'm, I can't wait to dive into this. Real quick, Brandon, are you sweating? <laughs> oh, profusely. Oh, profusely. Okay. I have, my, uh, I, have my, I have my fan off. I have a, a, a sweat a sweat rag as we like to call them. Just as two paper towels folded. And uh yeah, every now and then just trying to Okay. Just trying to All get, right, so a couple things, right? This is very important, Brandon. So mm-hmm. number one, I went to the Eagles Dolphins practice, although the Dolphins didn't have it oh. today because they have a stomach bug. So I went to the Eagles practice at the Dolphins facility. I said history today. I broke a record. I was the first former Ivy Leaguer to ever watch the Eagles practice by themselves at the Miami Dolphins facility. Nobody's ever nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> um, here's my advice to you, Brandon: paper towels never get it done. You need cloth. Yeah. Okay. Do you Ooh. see the Do you see the baby koala bears? I was gonna say you, okay. you have a baby wipe. Yes. No. No. So you take a dry cloth. Dry cloth. You take cloth. your dry cloth from your kids. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get the smallest ones you can find, and then I literally cut them. Okay. I cut them. This is like half of one of my daughter's baby cloths when they were little. It's it's exponentially better than a paper towel because the wow. cloth has absorption capabilities. I carry this in my pocket for every game I do. 
Gojo. What are you, Saturday night? You're going to be like in Gainesville or something, I think I saw. Oh, yeah. You need to uh, go to the store. It won't be weird at all. A male just getting little baby towels, okay? And then just carry a little one. You, you'd be amazed how little it can be. I, it could actually be half this. All you need is a little bit of cloth. You just need a little bit of cloth. I don't want. I, I'm trying to start a whole business, okay? I'm starting to whole, start a whole Ross, business Ross. because this is life, Brandon. This will change your life. You go through a zillion you, paper towels, and I'm watching you right now. The paper towels don't really do the trick. Um, and I'd also <laughs> say this too, okay? I have no idea how people live down here. How do people live in Miami? I will never complain about the heat or humidity in Pennsylvania ever again. Today's practice, I, I was melting. I was melting. I have no idea how people live here. Okay, so that's aside. Secondly, you need to know this about me having the Eagles gig, all right? I used to, Brandon, go to Eagles training camp at Westchester University and get Gojo's dad's autograph, okay? Wow. So I grew up in Wyoming, Missing, Pennsylvania, hometown Damn. of Taylor Swift, by the way. I was the most famous person from Wyoming, Missing while I was a player, and then she totally dominated me. And I told her mom that like five years ago. I'm like, you know, um, I was the most famous person from Wyoming, Missing until Taylor came along. And Taylor's mom said, well... You know, Ross, just keep working. I was like, uh, no, I think it's over, Mrs. I think I lost, okay? I'm going to take the L on that one. She's like the most famous person in the world. I'm okay with it. If I'm going to get beat out. I want to get beat out by somebody big, right? So so anyway, Amen. so I grew up a huge Eagles fan. So doing their preseason games is amazing. It's like a dream come true. I, I've been doing national media stuff for 10 years. Nobody cared until I was on the TV while the Eagles were playing. Like, I get all these text messages from everybody like, dude, you're good. I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, I mean, you're good on TV, man. You really, I like you. You never watched one of the college games, idiot. You never listened to me once on Westwood One. Like, are, are, like, like, oh, like, they're, like they're, they're telling on themselves, okay? But to answer oh, yeah. your question, this is unbelievable. Right now, Nobody listening is ever going to listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast because right now they're thinking, this guy is a psychopath. Every time they ask him a question, every time they ask him a question, he brings up three other things that are totally unrelated before he actually answers. This guy is a madman. They're going to take away my kids. Like after they watch this show or listen to the show, they're going to take away my kids. So anyway. So. He's stealing their baby rags. He's running around talking about whatever he wants. This man's unhinged. This guy's a maniac. All right. You know what the reality is? You know what? It's funny. I talk about football for a living, so when I come on other shows, I love yep. to try to not talk about football if, if I can get away <laughs> So, all right, hold on a second, hold on a second. Now I got to dazzle the Gojo audience with my football I was analysis. Say, Ross, you just if you put like three minutes of <laughs> NFC East analysis in right here, oh we're gonna gosh. clip that and put it on the YouTube Man. page. Which, by the way, head to the DraftKings YouTube page, follow the Gojo Podcast playlist, and we'll see this video of like three minutes of Ross Tucker NFC East analysis, and then we can just go back to doing whatever we want, and no one will be the wiser. It's the yeah, and that'll prime. be the one that gets all the clicks and all the all the views. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So so it's interesting. Yes, it is a two team race. I would be very surprised 
if either the Giants or the Commanders, which is still weird to say, especially since I started mm. and finished my career there, I still don't even know what to say when people say, what team did you play for? Because I'm like, uh, they were called to this, but I'm not allowed to say that anymore. Like, I I don't know. But anyway, um, I do think it's Cowboys-Eagles. I actually thought before the Tyron Smith injury, I thought they were pretty even. I really did. You know, the last I had checked, the season win total at DraftKings for the Eagles was 9.5. Loved the over. For the Cowboys, it was 10.5. And and I leaned under. This is pre-Tyron Smith injury, by the way. You know, the Eagles are clearly better than they were a year ago. They went 9-7 and in the 16 games they tried to win. They didn't play Week 17. You know, they didn't play their guys in that last game against the Cowboys, including 7-2 and in the last nine when they kind of figured out who they are, which is a running team with the best offensive line in football and probably not by a small margin. They're very, very good. They just are. Their depth is really good. They got a backup center now who is a freak show, Cam Jurgens. He, he has made the preseason games so enjoyable for me just watching him. He's like downfield – killing dudes 20 yards downfield every game. It's been it's been incredible. So anyway, Eagles are better. You know, they have AJ Brown on offense. On defense, they've got new guys at every level of the defense. Hassan Reddick's 23 and a half sacks last two years. Jordan Davis immediately the most impressive physical specimen in the entire NFL. I mean, imagine being that guy. You're the most phys- impressive physical specimen in the entire league. Kaiser White, I don't know why the Chargers got rid of him. He's been really good. They got Nicobe Dean at linebacker. And on the back end, Bradbury, the Giants did the Eagles a huge favor by holding on to Bradbury before they eventually released him like they did. So uh, the Eagles are clearly better. The Cowboys lost Amari Cooper. They lost Lyle Collins. They lost Randy Gregory. I think it's hard to argue that the Cowboys are better. Now they lose Tyron Smith, which just compounds there are other issues. Terrence Steele was a great swing guy. Now he's starting at right tackle because they let Lyle Collins go in a salary cap move. So now he's at right tackle. So now left tackle, what do they do? They put Tyler Smith, the rookie first-round pick from uh, Tulsa in there. He's the heir apparent. He hasn't even been able to beat Connor McGovern out for the left guard job. So maybe they'll put him at left tackle. That kid, I watched his tape, very athletic. He is a holding penalty waiting to happen. He might, if Tyler Smith starts at left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys this year, bold prediction. Cut this one for the for the DraftKings YouTube. He will set an NFL record for penalties in one season if they let him start the entire season. Um, Tyler Smith. His hands are outside all the time. He had 16 penalties, including 12 holds, I think, last year at Tulsa. At Tulsa. Okay, now he's blocking all these NFL guys. That's not a great sign for Tyler Smith. The other thing I would say is, this is the first time since he was 16 years old that Jalen Hurts is in the same offense. I mean, you guys know that, especially Gojo on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know, Brandon, your deal, but um, you know he had to learn a new offense every year. Since he was 16 years old, three different OCs at Alabama, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, uh, Doug Peterson, Sirianni, this is the first time going back to college that he can take like a 200-level course. This is the first time he's not taking Econ 101. He can take like 
322 or whatever it's called. He can actually build on what he did the year before, and it's second year for Sirianni. Uh, right now, I'd have to say in my mind, and people say, oh, you're a homer, dude. You're biased. No, I'm on a DraftKings podcast. I'm telling you where I would put my money. I think the Eagles are now the favorites in the NFC East, especially after the Tyrant Smith injury. That is a big differentiating factor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Devastating injury, according to Adam Schefter and company and Hot Archer at ESPN. It sounds like, at best, maybe a December return could be possible, but still waiting for a ton of injury uh, information on that. And you're right, Ross. Uh, the Eagles, between the draft and getting healthier at so many positions, are in a great spot. On the back half of this conference, when we're talking about the Commanders, I'm going to say the football team a million times to go back to the name problem this year. I got really used to that, and then they slid this in on me. But between them and the Giants, Ross, when you look at Carson Wentz coming over for the Commanders and Daniel Jones, who they didn't pick up his fifth-year option on his rookie contract, going into his fourth offensive coordinator in as many NFL seasons, Ross... Are, are either of these guys the starter for their team this time next year based on what we've seen from these guys and we know already about them in camp at this point? I, I envision both these teams winning six to eight games like in that range, which means, by the way, they're not terrible, which puts them in an interesting situation where they probably don't have a top five pick at that point. I think they're both six to eight win teams. I really do. Um, you know, the question is, is Wentz bad enough that they put Sam Howell in this year? If the Giants win six to eight games, they will get a new quarterback. You know, the bar is really high for Daniel Jones. For Wentz, I, honestly, I, I, I don't think either one of them is a quarterback next year. I think one way or the other, they'll have somebody else next year. Really? And I got to tell you, as a guy that has some affinity for Washington having started and finished my career there, which not many people do. I went to four different teams in between and then came back. Guys, Warthogs was right there. Red Hogs was right there. I mean, they're most known for their offensive line in the 80s, the Hogs. The Washington yeah. Red Hogs or the Washington Warthogs with like an unbelievably awesome mascot and logo or Red Hogs, and they go Commanders, which sounds like it's either in the XFL or the USFL. I, I'm not sure which. I gotta. I actually played with the, Reds, uh, the Commanders team president, Jason Wright, for a very brief time in Cleveland before he went to Kellogg to get his, uh, or no, went to, you know, after he went to Northwestern. Um, I got to ask him, because there's got to be some logic, because Warthogs or Red Hogs was right there, and I feel like the fan base would have totally embraced and loved that. It must have been some trademark thing or something that, I, I don't know, because it's disappointing, uh, just like I think the season will be for both the Giants and the Commandos. 
I agree. I mean, it yeah. would have been such a revelation to have the Washington helmets essentially become the NFL's versions of the Arkansas Razorback helmet, where you've got this celebrated Ooh. violent pig representing, <laughs> you're right, the one of the premier offensive position groups in the NFL. When you think offensive line, the Hogs in Washington are always going to be one of the name association ones that comes right to mind. I'm with you. It was right there. Although I have to say, based on what's transpired in the last 24 hours with South Carolina looking for a new nickname for their live animal okay. mascot on the sideline and what's come up with that, just being the commanders and not their version of the commanders that's gone viral seems like a win relative to that standard. So I saw you tweeting about this. I never knew what the name of the mascot was anyway. I mean, I mean, I know, I know that. I know that they're the South Carolina Gamecocks, but they're talking about the actual name of the bird, right? So, yeah, the yeah. live bird on the sideline was named Sir Big Spur. And because the former owners of Sir Big Spur and the current owners, because the university doesn't own them, are having a disagreement about how to groom the Gamecock. That's essentially what this comes down to is Gamecock grooming that they're beefing about. And so now they don't want to. The prior owners let them use the name. And so one of the papers, the state down there, put it up to a vote. And the leading vote getter for the new name of this mascot is the Cock Commander. That's where we've landed. This is incredible. I think Cock Commander is amazing. And I think that's way better than Mr. Big Spur or whatever whatever it was. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. By the way, I gotta tell you, yeah, go, go Joe. I get a lot. I get a chance to do a lot of a lot of cool things. You being able to do a college game of the week is it is it night games always or not necessarily? It's gonna end up being night games majority, yeah, for Learfield. So yeah, it'll be the college game of the week. But on you radio, being able to like go to like Gainesville, time Saturday nighters. You you, you oh. being able to go to Gainesville and all these towns that is my retirement dream. My retirement mm. dream is my wife and I get an RV and oh, we yeah. roll in primarily in the Southeast, but we roll into a college town on Wednesday or Thursday. We totally get the three or four day experience and just embrace it. Whatever the place is you're supposed to eat, we eat there. Whatever you're supposed to drink, we drink, we tailgate. Heck, we root for the home team. I don't care. I just want to be a. I want to go to Ole Miss. I want to go to Athens. I want to go to Tuscaloosa. I, I've actually been to South Bend multiple times. I don't need to do that. Um, I actually I got Tony Rice's autograph at the Morris Inn in 1988. Wow. Tony Rice's autograph in at a, the in Morris 88? Inn, the year they won the national championship. I went because I'm I'm I, I I'm Catholic. I really I was brought up Catholic, so it's so funny because if you're if you're Catholic, but you're from Pennsylvania, Penn State's like your team, but if you're Catholic, everybody's second team is Notre Dame. It's either your first team or your second team. That's why Notre Dame's fan base is so big, even if they're not like your main team, they're your second team. And so, um, you know, my dad had three brothers. Catholic family, Irish Catholic family. So the oldest one went to Notre Dame and was a cheerleader uh, for Paul Horning's team, was a male cheerleader at Notre Dame for Paul Horning's squad. Mm. The next two couldn't get into Notre Dame, so they went to Villanova. 
My dad couldn't get into Notre Dame or Villanova, so he went to Merrimack, uh, which is where Bobby Orr went up in Boston. So, like, you can see the hierarchy of which Catholic school you go to based on how smart or stupid you are. So my dad landed at Merrimack and uh, would go watch the guys play hockey. But anyway, that's my Notre Dame story, which you guys didn't ask. I don't even know how I said that. I don't even know where that came from. See, that was like back here. Like I, I literally pull stuff. Somehow I was asking Mike about Gainesville, and it, and it related back to me getting Tony Rice's autograph at the Morris Inn. Think about what other podcast you're going to find where they went from Cock Commander to Tony Rice in 1988 <laughs> in the span of two minutes. I defy you to find that kind of range. Oh my god, I'm scared. I'm scared Very about nice. the social media reaction that I'm going to get from this. I'm like, if my wife listens to this show, she's going to be like, "You need to talk to somebody. Like, you need help. Yeah, like, you need to. You need to. You need to sit down with somebody." Is this what you like on the road? Yeah. You sat down. Oh, you sat Brandon down with us. Knows, we're the somebody. Brandon knows. Is this what you like when I'm not around? Is it, you know what's so funny? You say that, Brandon. Last Friday night, I'm in Cleveland because the Eagles are playing the Browns, and I went to my first Major League Baseball game in ten years with some of the people that work for the Eagles. It was Guardians White Sox. By the way, I'm not a baseball guy. I totally get it. By the top of the second inning, I had five beers. Yep two brats, yes. ice cream, and I had a bag of peanuts, and I was throwing the peanuts at other members of the Eagles like broadcast team. Like, <laughs> to the point where the next day I had to text and apologize. I'm like, uh, the immaturity tends to come out when I'm not with my wife. I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You get Amazing. that little bit of freedom on the road. And it. in your defense, Ross, I'm getting ready to go back to um, the minor league baseball team that plays in Connecticut where I grew Hartford up and Yard spent Goats. most of my time at ESPN. Respect the yard, baby. I'm going back there to throw out the first pitch and have a bobblehead night. And I had to tell, like, I've had to tell everyone, basically brace for impact because when I go to, especially a minor league baseball oh, yeah. game, you're there to drink and oh, eat. Yeah. That's 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 period, end of sentence. So I have to be sober enough to get the ball across the plate and then the wheels come off. This Gojo, they, they could have been eight-year-olds on the field for all I cared. I mean, you really go because it's like a, <laughs> it's a beautiful part. I don't know why they pay these guys all that money. Nobody's there for those guys. <laughs> Nobody is there for those guys out in the field. I mean, they're not. Like, who, like, they're paying like Yasmani, somebody they told me makes like twenty million a year. Grandal, he's he's, he's batting like one eighty. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you could put uh, Frankie Muniz Jr. out there right now. I don't care. In fact, it'd probably be more entertaining if Frankie Muniz. Am I saying that dude's name right? If he was out there right now, like all you need is the ballpark, and you need good craft beer. And you need, by the way, it was Dollar Miller lights and hot dogs until seven o'clock. You should have seen some of these dudes, okay? There were dudes walking around. I I have so much respect. I I never knew how many Miller lights and hot dogs you could carry if it ended at seven o'clock. These guys had both arms <laughs> pinned up against their body like this, like a T Rex, and had like on their forearms, both sides. Four Miller lights up against their body like this, going to their seat with three hot dogs, the the uh, the the cellophane, um, tin foil, whatever. I can't talk. Um, in their mouth like this, look, it was a it was unbelievable. Baseball oh, is uh, 
baseball gets a bad rap. That's a good sport right there. Baseball's back. Baseball's baseball back, is back. Ba- you heard it here first. Not from Jared Carabas and the Baseball is Dead guys, but from Ross Tucker. Baseball officially back yeah. after this. I'm going from now on. Like next summer, I'm going to minor league baseball game every night. Like, what do I care, dude? The Double A guys. They they they, they looked at, they're, still, they're still throwing ninety four. They still hit a home run. I, I can't tell the difference. I'll go to that. It's amazing. They got the pitch clock. The pace of play is exactly where you want it in minor league games. You add the minor league baseball tour to your college football tour in the RV and retirement. And Ross, okay. you have the making of. I know it's going to be retirement. Then it sounds like a whole other podcast for you to add to the arsenal at that point. So I think that's when you take tuck spreads on the road and you start to introduce it to some different environments. So that is something I think you should seriously think about in there. And that's something that I think people will get a lot of good. By the way, fastest 45 minutes ever that that, that, we've been talking for 45 minutes. That's the fastest 45 minutes ever you know what just happened right there. People extended their workout by 15 minutes or they just drove around. They just drove around in their in their parking lot at their office right now. They're like, "No, I'm not ending this. I'm not. I I know my commute's 32 minutes. I'm for 13 minutes. I'm doing circles until this guy, this maniac, just shuts up. I gotta hear what he says next." <laughs> exactly. And you listen. If you want to hear more of what Ross has to say next, check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Check out everything in the Ross Tucker family of podcasts. And, of course, coming up this weekend as the Eagles get ready to take on the Miami Dolphins. Ross, thank you again for being the godfather of the DraftKings podcast family and for providing us with the fastest 45 minutes we'll have all week, man. We really appreciate it. That was awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I'll get you on again soon. Go, Joe. Have a great season. I hope you guys keep kicking butt. Really happy to be part of the team with you guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.